Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm sure everybody here is familiar with that famous quotation: "The pen is mightier than the sword." But did you know that the first, the earliest known version of that phrase, "the word is mightier than the sword," dates back to the seventh century BC? For thousands of years, humans have understood that it is ideas worth spreading that change the world, not swords or guns or bombs. This is the story of how I came to discover one such idea worth spreading, and that story starts in a most unlikely place. Uh, here, <laughs> a rundown old apartment building in rural Japan. I moved into this building in 2006. My apartment was the one on the bottom, second from the right, the one with the bamboo blinds. It's not exactly the Hilton, but it was home for me. And the apartment came with an added bonus: a free internet connection. And that little bit of fiber optic cable changed my life. It didn't take much YouTube watching or archive.org browsing to realize that I could watch anything I wanted at any time. I could listen to any radio broadcast from any radio station that broadcasted online. I could read any newspaper that had a website. The world was literally at my fingertips, and so I watched *The Century of the Self*, and I discovered how Edward Bernays broke the taboo on women smoking for the American Tobacco Company. I logged onto the National Security Archive of the George Washington University and downloaded the declassified Operation Northwoods documents detailing how the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff planned to commit terror attacks in Washington D.C. and blame them on the Cubans in order to justify an invasion of that country. I listened to lectures by G. Edward Griffin about the founding of the Federal Reserve in a secret meeting on Jekyll Island off the coast of Georgia in 1910. In short, my mind was blown. Here I was discovering all this crazy, incredible information from primary source documents and original interviews with important people. But there was a problem. Why had I never heard this before? Why had I never read about any of this in the newspaper, or heard it on talk radio, or seen it on TV? Well. What was I going to do? Just a lowly English teacher living in rural Japan. What could I even do with this information? In order to understand and answer those questions, we have to come back to this: the pen. What is the pen? It's a communication technology. It's pretty crude. It's been around for thousands of years, but it marks a turning point in human history. With the pen, people could communicate over vast distances and vast stretches of time. Because of the pen, we can read the words of poets and philosophers and historians who have been dead for thousands of years. But as a communication technology, it has its limitations. If with a pen you have to copy out manuscripts by hand, which is a time uh, a laborious and painstaking process, and that's even if you can read and write, because for much of history, most people didn't have the time or money or leisure to be able to learn to read or write, so that was left to the monks and scholars. But by 1439, Johannes Gutenberg came up with an improvement to that technology: the movable type printing press. Now people didn't have to copy out manuscripts by hand. 
you could reproduce them mechanically, hundreds or thousands of it at a time with relative ease. Now, suddenly, the reading and writing wasn't the purview of the special educated elite class, but it was for the masses. It had broken down the walls. The printing press changed the way we saw the world. In the 19th century, the telegraph made instantaneous communication over vast distances possible. And then Marconi came along with the radio, and we were listening to voices that had been broadcast halfway around the world. And of course, in the 20th century, we had the advent of the television, and we were watching programs that were filmed in a studio hundreds or thousands of miles away and beamed directly into our living rooms. The age of the era of mass communication had arrived. But these mass communication technologies, too, had their limitations. After all, these newspaper printing presses and radio stations and television broadcast networks are enormously expensive to own and operate. Millions of people could read a newspaper or listen to the radio or watch TV, but only a few could send that message. By 1983, just 50 companies controlled 90% of the media that Americans read, saw, or heard on a daily basis. By 2014, that number has shrunk to just five corporations. This is the information bottleneck. We have all of this information struggling to reach the masses, but only a thin tube through which to send it. This is why I never heard about Jekyll Island or Operation Northwoods or Edward Bernays. Some guy in a suit in an office hundreds of miles away had decided that I didn't need to know that information. So there I was in my apartment in rural Japan, looking at what I could read in the newspaper and what I could find online. And I was outraged. Chances are you're outraged too. Poll after poll in recent years has shown trust in television and newspaper dropping as internet usage increases. People are discovering what they don't know. But here's the question what do we do about this? And here's the answer we use the internet to supplant the media. The internet is the most revolutionary technology since the Gutenberg printing press. Just as Gutenberg made it possible for millions of people to receive a message, now the internet is making it possible for us to send, everyone to send their messages. And now, instead of that thin tube, we have a big fat pipe and the information doesn't have to struggle to get in anymore. Well, I mean, this is a significant thing. So what, you're thinking?、Uh, what does this all mean? This means that for the first time in human history, the average person has just as much of a voice as the wealthiest members of our society. That is significant. But journalism isn't just random tweets on isolated incidents by disconnected bloggers. If we truly want to supplant the old media, we have to start connecting journalists and sources, publishers and audiences, editors and readers in an open source community. Now, new media websites are popping up online that are seeking to solve the problem of how to create a coherent piece of journalism from an open source community. And it is a problem. You have the problem of too much information, too many tweets and Facebook posts and YouTube videos and blogs for anyone to humanly sort through. And there's the problem of bad information. I mean, 
After all, people lie, people manipulate, people just plain make mistakes. You have to have an editorial process to sort the good information from the bad information and to put it all together into a coherent story. At CorbettReport.com, we too are working on this problem of how to create coherent open source journalism. This, uh, our solution for this is a series of open source investigations that we've launched in recent months into such things as the ongoing Ebola outbreak, the downing of Malaysia Airlines Flight 17, the rise of the Islamic State in Iraq and Syria, and other topics besides. And these reports draw on over a thousand Corbett Report members from all areas of the globe speaking multiple languages, drawing in articles and videos and interviews and court filings and random documents and all sorts of information, talking about it, vetting it, discussing it, analyzing it, and trying to get it into a coherent narrative. Take, for example, our recent uh, report on the MH17 disaster. That report drew on hundreds of different sources from hundreds of Corbett Report members from all over the world. It included Ukrainian and Russian local media reports, citizen journalists, ordinary citizens, uh, videos, articles, interviews. This was collected, organized, vetted, critiqued, argued about. And then a dozen Corbett Report members took that information and compiled it down into a presentation that I then delivered as a podcast on YouTube and on my website. And that podcast has been viewed nearly 300,000 times on YouTube and another 200,000 times on my website alone. What we've done is assemble a mind-boggling amount of information into a coherent report that has been viewed by nearly half a million people. And all of that started from my rundown old apartment building in rural Japan. The information bottleneck has been broken. There's no corporate suit in an office somewhere that's going to tell us anymore what we do or don't need to know. We have reached a stage where we now have the technology to record and receive and publish this information from anywhere in the world at any time. And this technology fits in our pockets. If that is not a revolution, I don't know what is. And it's a revolution that's taking place without swords or guns or bombs. Truly, the net is mightier than the sword. Thank you. <laughs>